Hello. Well, hello. Hello. To the hello, podcast. everybody. Welcome to the Lank. Welcome to the Word on the Hill. We are the Lanky Guys. And this is the Word on the Hill. <laughs> and I am Scott Powell. And I am Father Peter. So, um, you sound like Father Barry White. Dude, I am Father Barry White right now. I have to say, there's something really fun about listening to yourself when your voice is augmented. Because you don't, you're like, I feel like I have a different personality today. And I can just say, hey, what's up, y'all? <laughs> it we're does gonna, sound really smooth. We're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about the scriptures. It's going to be good. That does sound smooth. That's a smooth voice you got, Father hey, Barry. Hey, thank you. You know, that's because I'm a smooth kind of guy. What can I do? You are a smooth kind of guy. And you guys are smooth for listening to this. Okay. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. It is currently the... 65 degrees outside. It's, it's currently 65 degrees. Slightly overcast, and our, my mint plants are growing back after the snow that we got. We got dumped with snow. Dude, that was... What did we get? That like was nine dumb inches? snow. That was. It, it was. It was cold. And well, we wet. were we were supposed to have a big staff retreat for the Thomas Center up in Breckenridge, but they closed all the highways on May 11th because of the blizzards. Dude, so welcome to Colorado. April showers bring May flowers, not May snowstorms bring what dead mint plants. Dead in mint your backyard. Plants. That's exactly it. What kind of what kind of jacked up stuff is this, man? People, <laughs> there was there was people jackknifing on the highway. It was it was treacherous. <laughs> it was, but we stayed in Boulder. We did, and we had a lot of fun. We had a great say. time, a great time. So, so thanks for your prayers, yo. Indeed, did did they pray for us? Uh, the parish did. Oh, said, thanks, everybody. Yeah, I said, I said, you know, please pray for us. It makes everything better. It does make everything better. You know what? It, this is. I'm gonna give a little. I'm gonna give a little request to okay. our people because because we got about three thousand of you listening, depending on who's counting. I always tell people five thousand, <laughs> and I and I'm and I usually correct me and say I'm a little bit more conservative. Wrong. Somewhere between three and five thousand of you are out there listening to the listening. podcast. Isn't that that's kind of epic, dude? Maybe there's a bunch listening through some illicit means that we can't track. No, oh, I bet you that the, we are big on the uh, the what are those tour sites or Pirate Bay or something? <laughs> what are you talking about? The the the, the tour this, sites. This, this, the peer-to-peer sharing sites. Oh, I don't know. You don't know about that. I thought you meant like tours, like like Alaskan cruises or something. Oh, I meant we're bar- ba- we're huge up there. We're huge on Alaskan cruises. What's up to Alaska, yo? Today, this morning, I had a I was gonna say something, but I don't remember what I was gonna say. Okay. Um, and they're gonna be like, "Come on, Father, you didn't complete your sentence." But this morning, as um, you like you usually do, Scott and I had this opportunity to. We did go to a coffee tasting this morning. And it is really complex the flavors that you can get out of a coffee. Thing. Yeah, like we got to <laughs> see we got to see a roaster and like they have these multiple like, roasters. In fact, multiple roasters and and like they have like these these um, curves. So they like have like literally precise um, mm. graphs that they're trying to follow. And like these coffee roasters, they're like they're like engineers, man. These guys are like really intense and cool. The, my takeaway from this morning is that coffee is really cool. Oh. Which was sort of my takeaway going into it, so it just affirmed my worldview. Well, <laughs> I like coffee as the outcome. What Scott has in coffee, he what he has in volume, I have in. I don't have in volume. I I was gonna try to make a comparison, it didn't work, man. Yeah, I'm probably kicking about seven to eight cups a day. I'm kicking one. <laughs> I have one cup of coffee. I can't a day. imagine your life. Well, it must I don't be have, so slow. 
I don't have children, man. No, and I feel like I have twenty. I mean, I have like eighteen hundred kids. But you do, but most and of they're them. crazy. But but I have yeah. They, but I mostly have them kind of like uh, what do you call divisions? They're so all like, grown up. Yeah, they're if they're if they're not grown up, then I have grown ups who are taking care of my other children. Yeah, that's true. And you really only hear about it when they're in trouble. I do. So you're one of those kind of parents. Speaking of um, only hearing about things when they're in trouble, mm-hmm. let's turn our attention to the readers. Very good. So it is the fifth Sunday of Easter. Five. Fifth. Um, uh, we are closing in on Pentecost, right? Two, yeah. more, two more weeks? Yeah, yeah. Get, get your wallets out. It's going to cost you. Ah, very good. The game of Pente. Ah. Um, the reading, I like it because the readings, the readings are leading us to a Pentecost. They, anyway, they we'll are, get they, Yeah, they're like, they're like ramping us up, man. They're getting us ready. So our first reading comes from Acts of the Apostles. We're, we're pretty consistent. We've been in the same books. Are we in the same books all through Easter? Yeah, we are. Okay. So we're in the first reading. It comes from Acts of the Apostles. Acts, A-X-E. Chapter, <laughs> chapter 6, your body wash. What is that? Is that Acts? Acts, Acts, body spray, which body spray. has really inappropriate commercials. Oh, I, okay. Yeah, I don't. Acts, Acts. We do not support Acts, body spray. No. Acts, Acts of the Apostles, chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. Followed by the Psalm number 33, verses 1 to 2, 4 to 5. 18 to 19, and the response is verse 22. Mm. Just mm. in case you were wondering. It took me a while to dig to. through the psalm, actually, in my Bible to find the response. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the last place you look for it. Yeah, in the psalm last itself. Last verse. Yeah. Okay. Uh, second reading comes from First Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 9. And then finally, today's gospel is brought to you by John 14, verses 1 to 12. It's good. You're doing, you're doing that real well, dude. Does don't I sound like a guy on a like a late night jazz station? Yeah, you really actually do. That like I actually used to really want to be. Do you know that this is satisfying my desire to be an on the air radio DJ? Really, I've always wanted to be one. We do play music at the beginning and the end of the podcast. Yeah, I was thinking about making like a DJ podcast where it was like, "Welcome to DJ podcast, DJ podcast, where I play you the best selections of trance world music." Electronica and folk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would listen to that. <laughs> but doesn't that I would be the, your only audience. <laughs> but I would listen to that. Uh, what are we talking about? The readings. The mass. Uh, oh yeah, we're, we the are, mass. We're, we're doing a podcast. We're doing a That's podcast. what this mic is doing in front of my face. <laughs> well, we're doing it about some readings. We're doing the readings. Okay, so here's the thing about the Acts of the Apostles. Okay. A lot of stuff going on here. A lot of background to catch you up on here. Yes. In well, case not, you, not a lot, just a little, little. In case you little. guys are ever wondering what a Hellenist is, a Hellenist is somebody from Greece. Yeah, Hellenistic. So if something is Helen, it is something of the Greek origins. Is that from Helen of Troy? It's actually not. That was what I was doing a quick search on. I have oh. it somewhere in my notes on Maccabees when I taught the class on Maccabees. Oh, okay. And I don't, I don't know if we... Helen, the, the first recorded usage was in Homer. Okay. He's the first one that uh, actually writes with that term. And that's not The Simpsons, for those of you who are wondering. No, Homer, who wrote The Iliad and The Odyssey. Do not call me an idiot again. The idiot and The Odyssey. <laughs> the, the idiot the, who drove the Honda Odyssey. I'll tell you, though, the, these Hellenists, you know what's happening to them? They're going to hell in a handbasket. No, I knew you were going to go there. No, they're not. They're not. They're going to be saved. That's the whole point of the reading. Oh. Did you even read these? Yeah. Come on, man. Jesus Christ came for them. He did. All right, so here's what's going on. So here's what I kind of like about this. Because I, I was I was reading through I read through them again and again. 
trying to think, okay, what, what are the readings actually doing here? And what do they have? I can kind of see what they have to do with one another, but I was like, what mm-hmm. are they doing here now? Mm-hmm. But what the readings are all sort of doing is, again, it's preparing us, not just for Pentecost, it's preparing us for Jesus's ascension. So what it's showing us is the growth of the church. So the gospel readings have been giving us all of Jesus's sort of last words to his disciples before he rises, before he ascends into heaven. Similarly, the Acts of the Apostles are showing us the slow growth of the church and the progression of Jesus's ministry being carried on in the lives of the apostles and the disciples. So they're all they're both sort of coinciding with each other. So you get Jesus's last words and then what the disciples are doing about it. Um, but it's all in reverse order because the, the Acts of the Apostles comes after the gospel. It's, it's I know that's freaking a, me out a little bit. That's always the hard part. Is yep. that is that normally we have the the natural progression of the, of the Old Testament, the Psalm response, the New Testament, and the thing, but not not right now, man. <laughs> <And> the thing. <laughs> that's, you mean the gospel proclamation of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior? Um, that thing? I'm sorry, that was. <laughs> I feel hurt. I'm sorry. No, I don't I'm feel sorry. hurt. Don't you feel know, hurt. You know okay. what? It, you know what it is? Is that I speak in the manuscript tradition. To, did I just say tradition? I don't know what you said. I said you're sick. It's okay. You can say whatever you want. I speak in the manuscript tradition. Tradition. Because what happens is manuscript tradition, you to even get something from out of manuscript into Latin, you have to transliterate it. That's true. Because like basically they just do a bunch of abbreviations. So when I say, Indeed. Oh yeah, there then there's that thing, I'm just really abbreviating All my right. speech. So Fair enough. you actually have to transliterate the podcast. We abbreviate on the pod. And, and on the cast. Are you just looking at your watch? Are you telling me to move on? <laughs> no, I'm not that way. <laughs> <laughs> I was curious what time it was. Move on. I was just curious. I'm okay. curious too. So, but but it, it is appropriate because this is from the point of view of the church looking back. That's sort of the trajectory of the readings. Hmm. It's the church's point of view looking back on how did we get here. Got right? it. Kind of. So Acts of the Apostles chapter 6. Uh, it begins by saying, as the number of disciples continued to grow. So the church is growing, right? Uh, the Hellenists, so the people from the Greek-speaking world, complained against the Hebrews. So we have a little juxtaposition. There, there's Some people wanted truth. The other people wanted signs. No. Oh, well, I guess that's sort of what Paul says later on. Yeah, it's okay. Very good. That's good. Good good scriptural nerdy joke. Hey, thank you very much. Uh, so the Hellenists, okay, let's, hold on. <laughs> okay. The number of the disciples continued to grow. The Hellenists complained against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And then it kind of moves on from there. You're like, what, what now? <laughs> I mean, isn't that one of the things? I read it a couple times. I was like, wait, what's going on? You have the what now? You did the what with the who now? Yeah, daily distribution. So, so, so somebody was, well, they must have been holding all things in common still. Yes. And so so basically you had some sort of pool that was being distributed from. Not unjustly, though, but it's not being distributed quite rightly, quite fairly. So, okay, let, let's, let's take the step back. Because widows were being neglected. Some widows were being neglected. Not all widows. Were they Were they the mean widows? The mean widows. We all know. So. Anyway. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Do you know? I don't know what he mean. Widows. I knew a mean widower once. Oh, okay. He was a mean man. Anyway, um, okay, so who are the Hellenists? Now, it doesn't actually tell us in the text, but we can we can have to do... So, okay, let's let's take it from this point of view. Who who comprised the early church, the earliest church? What sort of Jews ethnic Jews and makeup? Gentiles. The earliest church. Jews. Jews. So, um... And actually, this is Acts chapter six. So if you if you go in the way that Acts sort of progresses, the the mission to the Gentiles really doesn't begin until at least chapter ten and eleven. 
that's when, so remember you had that scene in chapter 10, that's where you get Peter with the, he's laying on the roof, he gets the pigs in a blanket vision with the, uh, you know, the sheet I, comes down. Dude, that's the best way to say it I've ever heard, the pigs in the blanket vision. We, yeah, had, that, we, we had that in Mass. I read it on Monday yeah, in the I, reading. It was the really best. fun. I like the pigs in the blanket. Oh, it's the best. But that's actually what begins to thrust the church out toward the Gentiles. Up until that point, I mean, they weren't against the Gentiles, but there was no real sense that we should be doing this. No. So um, uh, at this point, it's by and large just a Hebrew, it's a Jewish church. Yeah. So it's Jewish people who have recognized, oh, the Jewish Messiah has come. So in that sense, who are the Hellenists? The Hellenists must be okay. Here, well, dude, you just you just rocked my my socks. Okay, the Hellenists That's what I'm here must be Greeks who converted to Judaism. I don't think so. I think that's a very good guess, but I don't think that's true. They may be some of those. I don't know. Were they uh, the Essenes? I don't know, man. Don't make a scene. Oh, um, <laughs> I'm gonna make a scene. <laughs> Okay. Sorry, that's I, how, do you, how do you make a scene when you're on Essene. the radio? Take, make a scene. Oh, did you not get the pun? I did. I was just trying to live out of it, man. I'm I just trying just, to be fair, you see. I, oh, oh, don't be so sad, you see. Oh man, <laughs> sorry. It's hard to describe how what you how oh, bad that was. Good work. Well done. Good comeback. Mm. Way to go, you. Thank um, you. Okay, so here's what happened. So if you go way back in the story, so remember, what Hi, do we do on the story? I'm Sherman and I'm Mr. Peabody. Let's go in the Let's way go in the way back, back machine. machine. Shut up, Peabody. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, we have a totally absurd podcast today, by the way. Sorry. Okay, we, we the story, right? That's that's our whole key to this podcast okay. is the narrative, right? The macro narrative, isn't macro. it? Macro. So put it in put it in con, put it in the context. Okay. So we back it up, right? Back back back, back it, up, it up. Back it up. <laughs> we <laughs> we both had really long days, and we did a coffee day dig. Uh, so we're hopped up on coffee. Except for Scott. Did, Doug Scott didn't I get to drink any. any of the coffee. Okay, dude. let's move on. Okay, come on, we have to put this in macro context. Okay, um. <laughs> Israel is formed. Israel grows. There's a king. There's a civil war. They split in half. There's really bad stuff, lots of sin, and as punishment, they all go off into exile. Okay? We know the, the story, right? Yeah. So they're in Babylon, the Babylonian captivity. Eventually, under the Persian Empire, they are released, right? Yep. So remember, Babylon captures Jerusalem and takes all the Jewish people into captivity. Yep. The Persians conquered the Babylonians and became the new world superpower. But here's the thing. The Persians were really nice. And they were actually pretty good to the Jewish people. Remember Cyrus the Persian oh, yeah. actually gives them the money to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple. And he's actually very uh, benevolent. Benevolent? Is that the benevolent right? is correct. Yeah, he was very benevolent. So think about this. He says, okay, you're free. You're not held captive anymore. Here's even a check to go help build your, your temple again. <laughs> so a lot of Jewish people go back. They go back to Jerusalem, but not everybody. A lot of people stayed put. So they were actually, and, and here's an interesting fun fact. Um, what uh, Babylon of the Old Testament? Do you know what what that is in present day terms geographically? Persia, Iran, Iraq, Iraq. So um, Baghdad is what? in the center of 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 what would have then been Babylon. Oh, okay. So the Babylonian Empire was was present day Iraq, and actually, I'm told that up until I think it was the 1940s, yeah, Baghdad had one of the biggest Jewish populations in the world. Hmm. It was a huge, and I forget the percentage. I'd have to go look it back up. But it was one of the, uh, until, and later on, the nation of Israel then formed in the late 40s, and, and there was upheaval and stuff. 
But up until the 40s, there was the lar- one of the largest populations of Jewish people was in Baghdad. Mm. Why? Well, because after the Persians released the Jewish people to go back home, a lot of people didn't go back because they said, well, you know, the Persians are actually a pretty benevolent rulers. It's okay here. We have a good life. We've established communities. Our families are here. Our life is here. So a lot of people simply didn't go back to Jerusalem. They stayed put. So there was a huge Jewish population, again, up all the way into the 40s, that still existed in what was then Babylon. Wow. And even after that, so I mean, if you imagine the sheer number of people it would take to, or the time and the effort it would take for that massive nation to come all the way from Iraq and go back to Jerusalem, there were a lot of people that went part way or they kind of went off somewhere else or they spread, you know, they, they settled in Baghdad or they spread somewhere else. So by the time of Jesus, there's little Jewish pockets all over the world. <laughs> All, all which, over. Which would would that be called the diaspora? That's the diaspora. That's what we mean when we talk about the diaspora. Yeah. So we talk about those the Jewish people. So we're not talking about the other ten tribes that were taken with Assyria. We're talking about those Jewish people who didn't go back to Jerusalem. So they were scattered all around what was the Hellenistic world. So here's the distinction: the Jewish people who went back to Jerusalem were known commonly as the Hebrews. That's what's being referenced here. You knew who they were because they spoke Hebrew. Hmm. The people, the Jewish people who didn't go back spoke Greek, so they were known as the Hellenists. Both Jews, all Jewish populations, but they just sort of were in different parts of the world. Does that make sense? Boy, howdy, man. You are smart. Ah. But you can imagine, though, that would create some tensions. Yeah, because, because there's a lot of cultural stuff that would kick in. There's and... a lot of cultural stuff that would kick in. Some, you know, maybe the people in Palestine or anything. Well, you, you know, you don't really understand because you're outside of the Jewish-speaking world. You know, you're you kind of you out there. You didn't come back. You know, you're, yeah. you, you've been hanging out with the Persians. You're more You Persian. don't speak Hebrew. You speak Greek. You know, all these different things it, are going on. It's kind of like when I go back into Denver and people are like, oh, yeah, you're from Boulder. Totally. And they, they, they're like, oh, hey, what's up, Mr. Boulder? 27 totally. square miles surrounded by reality. Well, Father, Father Dave Nix, uh-huh. his family. Family lives somewhere in the suburbs in Denver, and I always make I always talk about how he's from the suburbs, and he gets so mad. He's like, "No, I was raised in the city of Denver. My parents live in the suburbs now. I'm not from the suburbs. I'm from I'm from Denver." And I'm always like, "Oh yeah, it must be nice out in the suburbs there," and he hates it because it's this sense oh, of, "Oh no, no dude, that's not." That I would I have the same problem. I was raised in Denver, and yeah. everybody's like, "Oh, what's up? You from Littleton?" And I'm like, "I'm like, excuse me, I was from the metro area." We love you all from Littleton, but. I mean, this is the thing: is that is that there's a sensitivity yep. about location where you're from. Exactly, exactly. Anywhere. And I mean, this isn't specific to Denver. This is anywhere. So here's what's going on. So you, now you have these people that are believers in Jesus. They're all Jewish by by background, by ethnicity. Now they've come together under the banner of Jesus Christ, and apparently there are some among them. Some of the widows are being neglected in the daily distribution. So what's going on? Apparently, there's some. Sin. I don't, I don't want to say bigotry. That's not quite the right word, but there's some... Discrimination. Discrimin- thank you. That's the word I was looking for. There's some discrimination. And maybe they're like, well, you know, these guys, these these Hellenistic Jews over here, we're not going to treat them quite as well as these guys. So there's a problem in the early church. I mean, again, the problems in the church have gone back to the beginning. We've always looked down on each other. We've always had fights. There's always been discrimination. We've always just kind of been jerks to one another. So the 12, so this is what's, this is the problem. I think, as I deduce it in the well, church. Well, this is interesting because I, I, I think that there there might be that, but I also think it might Maybe be there's a, more. a location issue. Because what, what's the, well, re- sure, it's, the, the response from, from them is saying, hey, it's not it's not right that we neglect the word of God to distribute this stuff. Yep. Which means that, okay, there's a lot of labor that's involved to be able to do the daily distribution. Yeah. And I bet, uh, you, the oh, Hellen- totally, totally. I bet you the Hellenists were actually in a neighborhood together. 
I bet you that they were they were they were they had actually found locations to where they were living, and that in some way, in some sense, that that like oh, they're you know, I think it's a combination of factors, because yeah. because it's like saying, man, we yeah, are we totally. are tried, and you know they're gonna say it's easy to take care of your own. Uh, that's always the case. It's like I I can I can I can do it on my own, but like then to go further and to actually have to go and do that. Oh man, we got to figure something out. So here. you're suggesting, if I if I understand you, if I if you understand the, what I'm positive, that the discrimination is coming from the Greek Christians or the Greek Jewish Christians. Well, it's a, well, the, just it's because says, I think it makes itself clear in a second. I well, no, what I'm saying is is that I think that that. It is not from the Greek Christians. I think that it, who is having the problem? It says they called the community of the disciples and said, "It is not right for us to neglect the word of God to serve a table. Let us let's actually figure out people who are doing this." So I don't know. Actually, no. Hold on. I just, I take back. I'm just I'm just trying to muse on well on like the disciples have have a responsibility. Like right. this is the things. It's the apostles have a responsibility to take care of reading the word of God, and that there's so much labor involved. Well, in actually doing this daily distribution that they right. need to pull back and actually distribute the labor. And so that I'm, what I'm saying is that— But there are people being neglected. It does make that clear. Somebody's being neglected in, in the distribution of yes, food and, and money. Yes, and I'm saying that it's it's a combination of both yeah. location and ethnicity. Yes. Or, but, or location and, and culturality. Yeah, I think they're one of the, I mean, I think they're part and parcel to each other. Thank you. But I do think that it's the Greek—it's the Hellenistic Jewish people that are being neglected. Mm-hmm. And we know I that. Agree. Okay, I, I okay, that was I, where I, was... I don't disagree with you on that one. And the reason we know that for sure. Yes. So there's this problem, right? So, so there, there's kind of two <laughs> things the, going on. Because the name, the names of the deacons. The names are all Greek. They're all Greek names. Every one Philip, of them. They're Pro- not Hebrew names. Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, Nicholas of Antioch, <laughs> and uh, and who is a convert to Judaism? Right, right. So there, so that's why I said you're not entirely wrong when you talked about there being converts in here. There probably is, but that one's made clear. So, okay, so here's what's going on. You have these 12 apostles, the disciples, yep. whose responsibility is for the spiritual needs of the people, right? Yes. Why are you smiling? I'm not smiling. You are. Okay. I'm it's smiling. okay. But they're, 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 they're responsible for the spiritual needs, right? Spreading the word of God. Yes. But like you said, they're, they can't do everything. So they appoint seven to do what? To care about the material, the, uh, the temporal needs mm-hmm. of the people. So they appoint these seven. Like you pointed out, it is believed that these are the first, the first deacons of the church. And there's lots of good reason to believe that. The word serve, the, the Greek word for serve is diakonos. Yes. So they're, they're going out and diakoning people. They're serving people. Um, it tells us that they, they can baptize and they can preach the word of God, all of which are the laying out, there's hands laid upon him, them, so that suggests some sort of ministerial ordin, ordination that takes place. Yeah. So it's giving us this example of, of the church sort of dealing with this problem. How does the church grow? How does the church work in the world? What does it mean now that Jesus has ascended into heaven for the church to be in the world? Well, here's one of the problems, and here's one of the ways that the church solved it. And we can look back and be like, oh, that's where the deacons come from. That's where Deacon Marty, that's where the whole lineage comes from, from this reality and the church seeking to, to serve the people of God. And it's actually cool. It says they presented these men to the apostles. They prayed and laid hands on them, so ordination. The word of God would continue to spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased greatly, and even a large group of priests were becoming obedient to the faith. Which is just like now in the church. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) 
I'm not kidding. But um, th- this is the thing is that uh, we're, we're actually talking about the Le- Levites, the, the Levitical priesthood. Probably. Yeah. There's a lot of probably. Yeah. 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 We'll leave it at that. And the Sadducees are very much involved in oh. that because they're the temple leadership. Oh, yeah. They're the ones who sort of ran the show, which, you know, again, in the time of Jesus, you're like, this un- it's unthinkable that these guys would be converted. I'm actually convinced. If I told you this, this isn't my theory. I got it somewhere else. But Hit me. Nobody, nobody's ever told. So Acts of the Apostles and the Gospel of Luke are both addressed to the same person. Do you yes. remember who it is? Uh, uh, yeah, Theophilus. Theophilus. So there's this guy, Theophilus, who they're both addressed to. No one has ever quite known who Theophilus is. You know, it, some the most common conjecture is that he's this, you know, maybe he's some Roman uh, Roman authority or soldier or some governor or something that they're trying to convince of the faith. Or maybe, you know, Theophilus means in Greek God lover. Um, so maybe it's, it's a representative of all Christians. You know, we, nobody quite knows. Yeah. I don't think the Roman governor or Roman authority argument holds any weight. Why? Because if you read Luke and Acts as well, but more Luke, Luke contains more references to the temple ministries and the priesthood mm. than any of the other gospels, which is ironic because Luke is the only non-Jewish writer of a gospel. Mm. And there's all these references. Now, you can go back in the lineages, mm-hmm. and apparently there was a high priest whose name was Theophilus. Oh. At one point, around this time period. Oh. So I'm actually convinced that Luke and Acts were written to a high priest named Theophilus to convert him and bring him into the into the, the belief in the Messiah. Which would make that line even more pertinent. That, look, even the priests were being persuaded that this really is the Messiah. And that's a big deal for Luke. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. That's well done. Yeah. I look at this and and uh, I just think um, every once in a while I look at some of the televangelists like Joel Olstein. I was watching some with my parents the other day. He's a smiley man. He is a smiley man. It, I, I'm glad that I'm not as slick as him. I never want to be that slick. Um, but um, but but I was. Just... I'm always sort of reminded of the Lego Movie when I think of Joel Olstein. <laughs> Everything is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Everything is cool when everything's great yeah <clears throat> he was talking about job though when i saw him oh he, i've never heard joel osteen talk about something bad it was, <laughs> everything is always awesome it was actually it was actually there's some good stuff in there but, but i was thinking about this and like think about how we actually are living out of being able to minister the word of god right now and that we have got thousands of people who mm. are being able to engage oh you mean in, right now you mean yeah, literally <laughs> literally like 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 think about that um like your work is to minister the word of god my work is to, to minister the word of god now it's not the like it's not only in word it is in deed too and that's right. the thing that that i think is really mainly in editing mainly in still, editing this podcast for <laughs> the, the things that should never have been said <laughs> Let's Indeed, move. that's a humbling task. Yes, it is. Let's go to Psalm 33. Maybe. Well, that's appropriate into the psalm. Lord, in your let mercy, you, let your mercy be, be on us. us. As we place our trust in you. And, and really, though, I mean, all joking aside, the fact that we have the responsibility and the privilege to talk about the scriptures and prepare people for three to 4,000 people for Mass oh. and to, to tap into some of this stuff, that's a really terrifying reality. And I'm always yeah. afraid I'm going to say something heretical or something. That's against the mind of the church. And maybe I have. And I, I again, and I turn to the psalm, Lord, in your mercy, let your mercy be on us. We place our trust in you. Yeah, I, Which has precisely got to be the thing on the lips of these deacons as they're going out. And they're like, all right, yeah. there's this discrimination. There's people who are not liked. We're going to go. We're, and I, one thing I have to point out about that. So 
in light of this, so we're praying for God's mercy as we place our trust in him and if we go out like these deacons are doing to, to serve the temporal needs of these people in the church, which you think to yourself, well, that's not that big of, you know, they're just feeding, you know, it's a big deal, yeah. but the apostles, you know, they have the real thing. But these guys are going out. It's about a chapter later that you have the very first martyrdom in the church, which is Stephen, who's one of these deacons. So mm. within about a chapter of the deacons, first deacons being ordained, just to deal with the little temporal things, you start getting martyrdoms. The first martyr, one of these guys. Wow. So it tells you if you're willing to put your faith, your trust in God's mercy, you're going to need it <laughs> because yeah. it's, it could be hard and it could be, there could be bloodshed involved like there's for Stephen in one chapter. I mean, that's pretty profound yeah. as I was looking at that in the Bible. <clears throat> I was talking to, I was talking to somebody the, uh, earlier in the week and just talking about how, um, you know, if you're interested in having power in the world, mm. be willing to do what nobody else is willing to do. Yeah. And in some ways, like these deacons have become powerful in their witness to Jesus Christ. Now, totally. Like, well, I'm not just talking about worldly power. I'm talking about power in the spirit. I mean, it's like Jesus Christ is powerful because he's willing to do what nobody else is willing to do, which is to give himself entirely to That's the it. Father. And um, and so like so it's like giving giving thanks and singing praise to the Lord and and all the things it's like the you know Lord have mercy on me because I'm 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 about to step into a place that angels fear to tread absolutely well and speaking of that yeah <laughs> um, the second reading from First Peter so we've been in First I was telling you this morning we've been in First Peter for a few weeks and I broke out an old commentary I had on First Peter. And I'm just like, oh, I forgot how awesome First Peter actually is and how much there is going on here. Yeah. And so I was reading through it, again, trying to find the connections. So the the letter of First Peter, it says in the very beginning of the letter who it's written to. And it's written to this these communities, um, and it lists them. I, I don't have my Bible open. But it lists in chapter 1 all these communities that it is written to. And you're like, okay, well, who who is the audience of First Peter? First Peter, so, okay, one one thing just to note. Um, first Peter, so Peter, so Acts of the Apostles, <laughs> Acts of the Apostles is essentially split into two parts, right? With two major protagonists. Part one, who's, who's the hero of part one of Acts of the oh, Apostles? Hold on, hold on. This is really important. Okay. Um, Peter, uh, the, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the exiles of the dispersion. Thank you. Thank you. The, well, he's right. He's writing to the diaspora, which is what we were talking about Thanks earlier. Thanks for stealing my thunder, man. No, you're right. Did you, I, oh, I'm no, sorry. It's, it's totally, I looked it up. No, I thought it's you good. were trying to look it up. I no, I was trying to remember friend. the name of the towns that he was. But they oh. are towns of the dispersion. The, yes, it's it Pontus, Galatia, Pontus, Cappadocia, Galatia, Cappadocia, Cappadocia, Asia, yeah. and Bithyn- Pamphylia. Bithynia. Yeah, which is I always love the fact that like, dude, gangster rappers thought that they had like a like a you know like a thing. They're like, "What's up to Compton? What's up, Galatia, Cappadocia, Pontus, Philia?" <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, no, that, no, no, you, you nailed it, though. I mean, that's that's it. So, um, again, Acts of the Apostles, split into two parts. Hero of the first part of Acts of the Apostles is Peter. Yeah. Who is he ministering to? The uh, Jews. The Jewish people, remember? Before they realize that they're called to go out to the Gentiles, then it splits in half. Paul takes the baton. He's not a pope or anything, but he takes the baton and he goes out to the Gentiles. Yes. So Peter's understood to be the... the um, the apostle to the Jewish people. So it's appropriate, even in this letter, which comes at the end of his life, he's still ministering to the Jewish people specifically. Paul, throughout his letters, is ministering to the Gentiles, the non-Jews. But this letter 
happens to be written. I mean, again, talk about a tie-in to Act of the Apostles. This wow. is written to these Jewish people in the diaspora who are suffering greatly. They're, and I love what you read from that first couple of verses. They're called the chosen exiles. They're exiles who have been chosen by God to have the, have the privilege to suffer with Christ, mm. which, you know, you're suffering and it doesn't always feel like a privilege, but that's, no. that's what they're going through. And you get a little bit of taste. Again, Acts of the Apostles is beginning to paint a picture for you yeah. that, oh, wow, even these people are even being persecuted a little bit by their, their Christian brethren, their Jewish Christian brethren who aren't distributing the wealth, you know, or the food to their widows even. I mean, you can see that these people are getting really beat up. And then Peter, later on in life, writes this letter again to these people who are still getting beat up. And he writes this whole thing. And, and you know, we don't have time to go through the whole section that's that's um, given to us here on the Mass. But it begins by saying, Beloved, come to him, a living stone rejected by human beings, but chosen and precious in the sight of God. And like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house, to a holy priesthood, to offer sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So again, what is he saying? Just as you feel like you've been rejected by human beings, know that you're, you're cruciform. You're, you're in conformity to the life of Jesus Christ, who you follow. So be not afraid. Don't, take, don't be afraid that, that you've, you know, I mean, there's got to be this worry. Did we, did we follow the wrong guy? You know, have we chosen the wrong path? I thought, you know, Joel Osteen, yeah. this is what I always get from the televangelist. If you follow Jesus, everything's going to be great. You're going to be happy. You're going to get a big house. And God wants to bless you with stuff. God does want to bless you, but not necessarily with stuff. Yes. He is going to bless you, but sometimes, as Paul, as Peter says, you are the chosen exiles. Mm. Count it a privilege. James, right? Count it pure joy when you get to suffer Every all trial. these things. Yeah. And that, again, is what the elder Peter, who is now older now, more mature, is writing to them. And he's really what this letter is doing and what this section is doing. He goes back through salvation history, and he's showing how, you know— um, he, he's he's sketching this this picture, which they can relish in their their status before God, their identity and their vocation, which is tied into their identity. You're part of the dispersion, but you're a part of the family, even though. And actually, it's it's sad. The the thing that is not oh, here it is. The 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 passage ends before my favorite line, which makes me sad. I hate it. But when the that last verse of this is so beautiful. It says. You who were once not a people, but are now the people of God, who were once not shown mercy, but now have been shown mercy, which is, it's echoing the prophets, right? You who were no people are now my people. Yeah. And I love that. You feel like you're nobody, but you're actually somebody. Now you're somebody. You've been brought into the family. Despite, not just despite yeah. your suffering, but because of it. Yeah. And that's the thing. We talked about this before. It's not, oh, God might bring a silver lining out of the suffering. No, he's going to bless you through it and because of it. And it is part of his plan from the beginning. You chosen exiles wherever you are, yeah. including all of us. Yeah. But again, it's so cool that he's writing to the same exact people that we get in the first reading who are producing these first deacons, some of which will be martyred. Mm. So again, we're getting this flavor, this picture, this mosaic of the early church and what's actually happening here. Man, cool. It's really cool. You are good. Bing bong. Bing bong. That's it. John. Well, well, wouldn't we now turn our attention to a reading from John, the 14th chapter, verses 1 through 12. You are right. listening to Echoes with <laughs> John Father, DiLiberto. Father Peter Mossad. Mm. Mm. Don't I let can't you, go as low as you. You know, that's because uh, you don't have a cold right now. I don't. I'm healthy. I, I do. Healthy, healthy, healthy. That's a... Uh, you know, I, one of the things we were talking about earlier is um, like kind of how like kind of 
frightening it is to think about the fact that we're talking to 3,000 people right now, 5,000 oh, people. Thank like, you. I, thank you. You know, just think about that for a second. Like, dude, imagine having a, a, a like half of Folsom Stadium filled up. Folsom, Folsom Field's 10,000 people? Yeah. Really? Are you sure about that? Folsom's 10. Isn't it? I don't know. I thought it was like 20. Or 30. 70. <laughs> 70,000. I don't even know that. See, this is it. I'm so happy that we do this in in our basement, in the studio, in the must studio down here. If we were looking at you, we'd be scared. Oh my gosh, dude! I would be. I would. I would have just wet myself. I would have been like, <laughs> "Oh no!" I'm. I, is that what just came out? Is that coming? But out of luckily, my mouth? even if you did wet yourself, they wouldn't know because they wouldn't see. They wouldn't. So see we're all anymore, fine. So. Everybody's good. So don't let your hearts be troubled. I you was just going to say that's God. That's how the gospel begins. Don't let your hearts be troubled. I know. Let Have faith in God. Have faith also in me. So, again, where are we? We're right after the washing of the feet, right? So we're right, after, we're right around the Last Supper. Jesus has just washed the disciples' feet. He's foretold his betrayal. Um, he, 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 actually, he just now told Peter, the same Peter that we just got, the elder statesman Peter, telling us this beautiful information. Yeah. He just just finished telling Peter that he's going to betray him three times. Mm. Betray him and deny him three times. And I love it in juxtaposition. Again, we don't get this in the reading, but literally, you know, Peter's, Jesus says, where you're going, where I'm going, you cannot come. Peter's like, no, I'm coming. I want to go wherever you're going. I'll lay my life down for you. Yeah. He's like, oh, Peter, you're, but, you know, in front of the cock crows, you're going to deny me three times. Yes. The next line is Jesus saying to his disciples, let not your hearts be troubled but believe. So think of this in context. Wow. Hey, Peter, you're about to deny me three times. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Nine it's one conversation. Times. Nine times. Nine times. Bueller. But, but I mean, think about that. Yeah, that's, that's that's kind of an incredible thing. It's it's, it's the fact it's, that... Let your mercy be upon us. We place our trust in you. And it, that it's sort of a done deal. I know yeah. you're going to sin. You should try not to sin. Please don't sin. But once you do, just get up. Just let's get let's get back up. I mean, Peter, Jesus actually says that to Peter at one point. He says, after you have turned again, then go and strengthen your brothers. You're yeah. going to betray me. You're going to fall. Yeah. Then after you've gotten back up, it's your job to lead. Yes. So don't dwell on the fact that you've betrayed me and denied me three times, which is a big deal. I mean, yeah. But I've, get up because you have work to do. Don't let your hearts be troubled. You have faith in God. And you still have a job. You <laughs> haven't been fired. I mean, really, that's a pretty big deal. Peter's not fired because of this. Jesus actually says prior to the crucifixion, once you do this, get on with your work. Strengthen your brethren. Which is, that's the most profound thing. As a guy yeah. who screws up a lot, whose boss is sitting in here. <laughs> What'd you do? I didn't do anything. I think I'm good. Okay, good. Anyway, but it's, it's pretty powerful, I think. I agree. And then he goes on. So he says, in my father's house, there are many dwelling places. If there was not, I wouldn't have told you I'm going to go prepare a place for you, obviously. So my father's house. Um, I really like to. I really like meditating on this. Actually, this line itself, to just say like, there is a place of mm. heaven. There is dwelling. <sighs> right. I mean, I know you really like Dwell magazine. I do. Well, they've taken a weird turn. Have they really? Yeah, I don't like them anymore. Oh no! What'd they do? They got all weird and, and celebrity-ish. And oh. I loved well when it was like families who you know lived in these cool places. But now it's like, what famous people live in a modern-looking house? And now it's like cribs. The, 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 the classic, I was reading one, Annie walked in. It was, it was like these weird, super wealthy hipster people that like had pet boa constrictors, and they were like stroking them. I was like, this doesn't, <laughs> no. this doesn't speak to me anymore. <laughs> I can't see myself 
in these people any longer. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Anyway, but not what we're talking about. this is the thing is I always love meditating on the fact that like we will dwell someplace and mm. that like, and the, like Jesus is a carpenter and I want to do some carpentry with him, man. Yeah. I, w- I want to do some stone work. I want to like kick it and, and like, I know that he's prepared a place for me and I have a place to sleep, but like, let's work on a house together. And yeah, that's beautiful. Annie and I always talk about all the, you know, the different mountains we want to climb and stuff. If we don't get to them, we'll just hopefully get to them in heaven in the new creation. There we so go. So we'll climb the renewed, resurrected Kilimanjaro someday. Dude, that'd be awesome. We can do some moon travel, too, because our glorified <sighs> bodies, we're not going to need oxygen in the same way, dude. Perfect. Totally Perf. guaranteed. Perf. Totes Perf. guaranteed. Perf. Totes guaranteed. So uh, there's all these dwelling places. Did yeah, you, that did is. Did you just say that? Yeah, I said it. Let's wow, move man, on. We talked about a breeze, remember? Hell yeah. It was the burning joke. Um... He says, if I go, I'll prepare a place for you. I'll come back and I'll take you up myself so that you're going to be where I am. Thomas, which, good old Thomas. Which is actually echoing some of the distribution of the deacons. With John DiLiberto. With John DiLiberto. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> dude, that was really, dude, that was subtle and beautiful. <laughs> Only for you. That though. was totally ambient. Man. Only for you. Um, What now? <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Oh some, yeah, no, some, with the deacons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Deacons. Some people are getting neglected, and he's saying like totally. there will be absolutely no neglect. There, no one will be neglected. No one will be neglected. <sighs> There's good. a place for That's you. That's beautiful. That's yeah. actually really beautiful. Yeah. And then Thomas shows up. He says, "Dude, he's like, <laughs> he's like we don't know where are you are going. This can we what? know the way to you? Is that Yoda? <laughs> That's just That's just w- what happens when you." I don't know. I'm just, no, it's that, good. That's it's my good. that's my like dumb voice when I say things inappropriately. I'm like I'm like, how do I knowing that you are going to be here in the presentness? It's good. You just start to it's add in, improper endings to like English it. words. Well, that's how Greek actually is, is usually written. It's really? usually the opposite. Oh, really? Yeah, verbs are usually put last. Oh, so. There you go. Anyway, so Tom, yeah, so he's like, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? He's like, hook me up. I don't know where you're going. And so what does Jesus say? He says this very famous line. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father <sighs> except through me. It's the seventh of the, the famous seven I am statements in John. Oh. So in John, he makes an I am. So I am, remember, ego a me is in, in Greek, but that's the proper name of God. I am who am. So seven mm. times in the Gospel of John, Jesus says, I am. He says, I am the bread of life. I am the gate. I am the vine. I am, I am, I am. This is the final the way, the one. Truth and the lie. This is the last one. I am the way. Not a way. He says, I am the way. The I am outside the, the church, there's no salvation. I am the camino. The via. The via. Um, no one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, then you know the Father. From now on, um, you do know him, do know him and have seen him. And so Philip pipes in. He's like, oh, show us the father and that'll be enough for us. Show us the father and that will be enough. We don't want much. We just want to be shown the father. Dude, like what the, dude, Philip is, (laughs) dude, I take such solace in the dumb questions that these guys are like pouring out. Because I feel that way a lot. But you know what's kind of beautiful? I love imagining that there's this moment after Pentecost because- Eventually, all the they all go back and write this down. John writes. All, John was there. <laughs> yeah, he was witnessing. He was hearing all these stupid things. He probably was thinking them. And there comes a point after the the after Pentecost when they're enlightened by the Holy Spirit, when they're all like, "Oh, that's what he meant." <laughs> like that was a really stupid thing for me to say, but yeah. they wouldn't see it in that moment. But 
I love that it's not Jesus trying to make everybody look stupid. It's him sort of, it's like implanting all of these things in them that they're going to think back later on. And they're like, like, oh, I get it now. I didn't get it then. But now I do. And now I can tell everybody about what he told me that I didn't get then. And I can explain this. Because that's the, same, that's the same experience that we have. Right. What? Oh, okay, Jesus. I, like, I see some sort oh, of yeah. incarnate thing. I kind of experienced the church and the sacramental yeah. life. Yeah, yeah. Just show me the Father and I'll be satisfied. And he's like, <laughs> right. he's like, hold on. Like, and like, in some ways, we echo Philip in our relationship totally. to the church so many times when we're going like, oh, so I'm, what? Like, right. I, I just need this mystical experience and then I'll be good. Totally. And then, and then all of a sudden the grace hits and you're going like, oh, it was, it was, it, it was all mystical. Yeah. It's, it's, right. it's, it's kind of like uh, in the last samurai when, um, what's his name? He's like, oh, I have been looking for the perfect flower. And then he's dying and he says, oh, all of them are perfect. <laughs> <laughs> did you, did you like the drama in that one? I did. There's yeah, not, there's not anything I can say to that. You know that's that, that's it. What what? But, so how do we? Uh, put that? Uh, uh, so you want to get <laughs> mystic though? Mystic. But here's the thing. Here, I mean, here's what he's saying, and then we can try them all together. Okay. Um, he's this is where he says, you know, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. How can you say, show me the Father? You've seen me. Um, Hebrews t- no Colossians and he- Hebrews does as well. Hebrews has this, but Colossians <laughs> actually puts puts exact wording to it. There's this idea that God has been, again, the, the story, God has been slowly revealing himself throughout all of human history in different ways. Yeah. What Colossians says, Colossians says Jesus is the, is the image, the icon of the invisible father. So mm. if you want to know what the father looks like, there is no more perfect window or icon or image into it than Jesus himself. There's no other, it, it's not as though... You know, this is how God sort of revealed himself in the Old Testament. Here's how he revealed himself to Moses. Here's how he spoke to Abraham. Here's how he spoke through Jesus. Here's how he speaks to us. No, that's it. That There's no better communication than God could give the world of who he is than this. Jesus is the image. He's the icon of the invisible father. If you want to know what God looks like, yeah. here he is incarnate. He is the way in. It's not like a thousand years from now, God's going to think of another way to reveal himself that's even better than that. This is it. We've reached the climax of all human history. There's nothing else. That same icon of the invincible God is going to come back someday, and we're going to all face our judgment. But this is it. There's no greater way that God can reveal. I mean, you want to talk about mysticism. Yeah. Jesus is saying, this is it. This is the top. Nothing beats this. Yes. So if you understand that, which again, at some point in their, in their lives, they're going to realize, oh, and that's the point. That's the understanding that's going to lead them into, like these deacons say, we can put our trust in you, Lord. Let your mm. mercy be upon us because yes. we get it. Nothing can hurt us. Nothing can get us now because we understand what's the worst thing you can do to a person. You could kill them. We understand that death doesn't have power anymore. We get it now. Yeah. So let your mercy be upon us because we're putting our trust in you. We're yeah, going for it. We're going. Because we get it now. Yeah. But you can't understand why those deacons in the first reading can get it unless you understand what Jesus says in John 14. So we have to work retroactively to put the pieces of this puzzle, which is the church, back together. That wow. makes sense. Yeah, which is really cool. Yeah, I think you just tied them up pretty good. Yay, dude, that's awesome. It is awesome. Wow. What What's our time? Long. 
What? Come on, give it. 48. Oh, there's going to be some editing, so it won't be, the final version will not be 48 minutes long. 47. Oh, we love you guys. Um, <laughs> I hope I hope that you place your trust in the Lord. Indeed. Sing that song with, with uh, knowing that you are going to have a place, that you're having a prayer, place prepared for you right now. Indeed. Lord Jesus is hard at work, and, and you have a resurrected body. And that you're gonna be hanging out with some deacons and some Hellenists <laughs> and some other people, Saint Peter, Cappadocias, Cappadocias, Dispersions, Pamphylians, <laughs> the whole kit and caboodle, y'all. That's it, man. All right, uh, send us an email. We haven't gotten an email in a while. Yeah. Or they, maybe I shouldn't say that. No, we get tons of emails, but send yours. This oh, really? Yeah. No, I don't know. Well, anyway, thank you guys at thomascenter.org. Thank you for listening. My name is Scott. <laughs> My name is Scott Powell. <laughs> and, uh, See you next week. God bless you. Bye. Bye. The Word on the Hill is a production of the Aquinas Institute for Catholic Thought here in beautiful Boulder, Colorado, www.thomascenter.org. You can also send us an email at lankyguys at thomascenter.org. See you next week. <laughs>